Hello, welcome to ListCast, where the best things in the world come to be judged. On this episode, the best albums of the 2000s, with Josh Denny and Tom Ryman. Hey everybody, welcome to ListCast. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. We have guests in the room, thankfully. I keep saying that. One of these times I am going to do a solo list cast. That would be fun. <laughs> You're the only person that would do a show built on the premise of arguing with people and do it alone. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh... Sit here fighting, fighting with myself. And yeah. it's like, because so I, I am a coward. <laughs> yeah. I don't like my opinions challenged. Right. They're unpopular opinions. That's why I don't let anyone in the room when I share them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tom Ryman's here. It's his birthday. It is. Hi. Thank you. Happy birthday. Mm. You got, got you an air horn for you your did. birthday. You the reggaeton birthday horns. Yeah. Enjoy that. I appreciate it. And you had a Dunkin' Donuts blueberry ice cake donut. That was donut. a blueberry ice cake donut? Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are the... That's like a birthday blowjob when you're over 30. Yeah. That's top three in the Dunkin' Donuts hierarchy there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think good it's stuff. top one. Mm, the, the double chocolate. It's pretty great. The double chocolate? Yeah, chocolate cake with the chocolate frosting. Oh, Adam Tom oh, Brown. What a, What do you know? What, do you host a food show or something? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Shit. I, I did. <laughs> I don't know if I do, but I did for a while. Hey, that's Josh Denny. Hey. He's back on ListCast. You, were, you did one not too long ago. We did Best Arcade Games, right? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that oh, was shit. a lot of fun. Oh, thanks, everybody. They're giving me happy birthdays in the, in the chat. Stop being nice to Tom. No, I need it. <laughs> I don't have a job. <laughs> you don't need one. That's what Patreon's for, baby. That's right. Tom's launching a Patreon soon, everybody. So yeah, yeah, probably next week. Uh, show him your support. Yeah, I'll, I'll please. You know what I'm surprised there aren't more of are webcam men. What are we waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> this guy. <That's laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Shit, did I just blow the lid off the Tom that. Ryman business I'll model? Get I'll get that shit started. Well, that's also the, the first, first episode. Josh blows the lid off Tom Ryman's business model. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because tune like, in uh, from the show. One of the things I didn't realize until I was about a season in was that most of the people that watch shows like mine on Food Network are large gay men. Oh, nice! And so, if you go through my Instagram, like almost every post, there's like four to five gay men just gratuitously sexually harassing me. And I, it's very nice. I enjoy it. And uh, and then and then, but of course, Netta, being the Persian Jew that she is, immediately responds with, "You got to find a way to monetize that." <laughs> so she's like, "I don't know why you're not doing some kind of gay thing uh, where you're just shirtless and smothering yourself in cheese for the boys." Yeah, where you got to find a way to monetize. Yeah. That. <laughs> Yeah, funny you bring that up. We're I'm actually so, I'm so stupid. I'm like, but my brand. She's like, that's your brand. That is now your brand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are. We are recording a kind of a test episode of a podcast about food TV shows that's going to be hosted by Joe K. Speaking of only gay men being into food TV shows. There you go. So we'll get you on and we'll get you sexually harassed yeah, that, on a podcast. That sounds great. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm, I, that's the only thing I don't have on my resume to, to rocket me to the top is a, <laughs> is a Me Too incident. <laughs> Someday. Uh, so then let's go. the world will be mine. <laughs> yeah. Soon as somebody victimizes me, then, then I run through the finish line. Every door will be unlocked. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's how it's worked so far. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's. Here are the all male nominees. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through the rules quick for anyone who's watching or listening for the first time. We're talking about the best albums of the 2000s today. And just to be clear, that's 2000 through 2009 because the 2000s have decades also. It's that's not just one big long span of years. Right. It's not, they're not talking about the entire century. Right. Isn't, yeah. Right. Isn't it weird saying that not from a flying car? Yeah. Like, that's disappointing. Doesn't childhood you look at this and go 2018 and this is yeah. What where are you at? Blade Runner one. Well, Very a, disappointing. It's a, yeah, it's a bummer that flying cars never advanced beyond the flying car that Christopher Lee uses in The Man with the Golden Gun. Exactly. Like that is as far as the technology advanced, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a it's just a little plane. Very disappointing. Right. But there were it some good albums. Like on the bottom. We're going to talk about those. We each brought five picks for best album of the 2000s. We're going to go through our picks one at a time, explain why we picked it, why we think it belongs on the list. That'll take us to a list of 15. That's way too goddamn many. So then we will take turns cutting two off the list. I'm sorry, there's already Nazi arguments in the chat. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to ignore Big Meek. He, he's very triggered whenever we mention that there might be racism or Nazis in the United States. Oh. Wonder why. <laughs> Sounds like uh, something a Nazi would take issue with. <laughs> So uh, once that, that takes us to a list of 15, we'll each cut two. That'll bring us to a list of nine, and then we have to let someone save one. What word should we have the audience comment to us to so we can pick the save? Just pick a word. Anyone? Anyone? Nazi. Okay. No. I feel like that's a bad code word. <laughs> How about me too? <laughs> we'll do 2,000. Okay. okay. Well, there's Adam taking the fun out of it. Exactly. So we'll see who jumps in to be the person who does our save. Ann Bankson and Jennifer Fendelander. If uh, Ann Bankson d- dies while we're recording, then it's Jennifer Fendelander. I don't know why I always say it that way. That's very morbid. And we haven't yet had a single person die during the course of these recordings. So, Well, that's the last thing to summit, right? Like that's- Yeah. We're, get- we're getting Then there. all the doors will be unlocked. <laughs> yeah. So we get Logan Paul up in this. So that's the rules. Ann Bankson said she might fall asleep. So be on the lookout, Jennifer Fendelander. Yeah, Ann is in Norway or something. I don't know. It's probably like oh, Sunday oh, at three the, in the morning I there saw right the now. Two S's in her name. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Like the triple, quadruple consonants. Yeah, there would probably be some umlauts, but I don't know if that's, that's if some, YouTube's algorithm supports entering those as your screen name. I'm going to name Viking my firstborn bullshit. child umlaut. <laughs> So let's get started. Who wants to go first? Tom, you go first. What's your first pick? Well, this is going to take a while because we're going to have to explain everybody what these are. (laughs) (laughs) Tom's going a little obscure with his list. Although I did feel good that there was one obscure thing on your list that I knew and am a huge fan of. Oh, maybe I should pick that first. I'm picking from my own list. I don't know the rules. Yeah, you you're you're just going through your list. Just pick one right now to that you want to talk about. It, it, you don't have to go in order. It doesn't have to be your favorite or your least just anyone. Oh, man. Okay, I will start with shit. This is hard for me. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter what order you go in. We're okay. going to do all of them. Yeah, all right. you're going to go through them all. All right, uh, well, I'll start with uh, Birthday Massacre then, Walking with Strangers. Now, who is this band? This is a Canadian band that's industrial goth kind of, um, and I will go right out there and say it's the best industrial band I've ever heard. Yes. Wow. Production um, values through the roof. 
It's it's almost as if like the band Orgy was fronted by '80s Madonna. Yeah, and was good. And it's yeah, and it's <laughs> that's an issue. It's, that's it's amazing. Interesting. And yeah. I, I actually have all of their albums, but Sa- yeah, Walking with Strangers is their best album. That's the far. one that that's the one that got me into the band. It was actually Marina got me into that. It was the first time we dated before we broke up and then got back together and got married. Now she's my wife. <laughs> That's a lot of Tom Ryman backstory. Yeah. Um, but she actually introduced me to it by... Calm down, daredevil. <laughs> yeah. She actually introduced me to the CD by uh, playing me the song Red Star, which is a one really of, good song. One of their singles off of there. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's this really weird... To me, it's one of the great examples of a band that thought through the entire concept of what them being a band was about. So it's sort of like they have these very... It's almost like a morbid take on Alice in Wonderland type fantasy, mm-hmm. and it's just this. It, but it's the musical production is amazing, and uh, I was I was shocked to see it on there from any. I, I, it's one of those bands where I'm like I'm the only person who knows. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so good. It's like it's it's super atmospheric. Like Josh said, the production value is incredible. They have they they really did. You're right. I never thought about that before, but they really sat down and thought out every single stage of what it meant to be this band wow because there's a consistency in all their album artwork it's all in the same they look like different pages of the same graphic novel basically like oh yeah consistent in their in their artwork we used to do that with the unpops artwork for all the podcasts <laughs> they all had cats i saw yeah but well that's kind of is the same way they all have rabbits yeah there's a rabbit bunnies everywhere. but uh they stole that from me hashtag copyright unpops I think their band name is a lyric from a mindless self-indulgent song. Someone have to correct me if I'm wrong on there. No one knows who that is. It's another industrial band that is inferior. Ah, to I this band. It. <laughs> but it's but it is funny because like you think about the concept of the birthday massacre. It's sort of like ruining a really great thing, and um, their music is sort of like a dark take on all of your favorite childhood fantasies and things like that. So the name is is fitting. I, like I said, I th- I think one of the things that drew me to that band was the fact that it felt like there was careful consideration put into every decision. The name, the music, the artwork, the the look of the band, their mm-hmm. live performances. I've, I don't think I've ever seen any band, with the exception of the uh, Australian band Carnival, who have, have been able to put so much production value into a venue that's like 300 people. Wow. Yeah. Well, now I want to check that band out. They and have I a will. couple of uh, live CDs, and I think there's a live one or one or two live DVDs. So you can actually see like a live nice. performance. Mm-hmm. Usually, they don't tour around here because they're Canadian. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking come here either if I was Canadian. <laughs> Josh, what's your first pick? I went. I tried to go through. I think I tried to take the same approach you guys did because it looks like we tried to say, okay, like what was the best production value? What was my personal favorite? And yeah, then, and then sort of a genre perspective from there so i'll i'll go with my unpopular pick right out of the gate i i picked busta rhymes genesis i mean actually looking at your list that's your most popular pick to uh, me but uh, okay <laughs> okay but i you thought, love this album i love this album you know it's 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 pharrell it's neptunes and busta rhymes did they produce the whole album yeah i think oh, so well that's interesting so but it's just it's amazing and there was if you go through that list there's so many hit songs i don't remember this album off of uh i mean break your neck past the cavassier oh uh, i do remember past the cavassier right i mean there's there's Fun so video. many there's so many amazing songs on this album and originally i had kanye west college dropout which i bumped myself for this because a i listened to this way more than i listened to college dropout and i think this is busta rhymes best album ever 
Yeah. Uh, whereas I wouldn't say College Dropout is Kanye's best album. No, ever, no, definitely by, not. by far. But yeah, if I pulled that up, I'm trying to think because there were so many, there were so many amazing singles. Like to me, that album is is essentially a Busta Rhymes greatest hits. I mean, uh, Everybody Rise Again, As I Come Back, Shut Them Down, Genesis, Break Your Neck, Bounce, Past the Cavassier, and I think that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot, though. But it's a lot. That I is mean, a lot. It's a I was lot. like six. And, yeah. and, you know, to me, in the early 2000s, there was Chronic 2001 and this album. And if you had bass in your car, you were bumping one of these two albums. That's a good pick. All right. For my first pick, uh, I will also go kind of obscure, I suppose. Uh, I'm going to go my favorite rap album of the 2000s, Ghostface Killer, Fish Scale. I, I can already hear the audience not caring yeah. <laughs> about this album, but it's my I think it's his sixth studio album. It has all of the Wu-Tang on it at various points, and it's just his most... He's my favorite member of the Wu-Tang, and for no other reason than he's known for breaking other rappers' jaws <laughs> in clubs when they have conflicts. Like He shattered Mace's jaw at one point and it's one of the most famous stories in rap music and it's just because may said something shitty about him in an interview but it's ghostface killer i thought it was just for being mace that it could have been that, that too that, that's it's kind of it's kind of unforgivable probably, it's both it's probably both it's probably <laughs> both both incidents yeah but uh ghostface killer fish scale it's it opens with my fate maybe my favorite wu-tang related song of all time which is a song called the champ and oh my god no one is going to vote for this album but after you after you shit on it and ignore it go out and listen to it and you'll see what i mean because damn fine album i don't know what else to say about it (laughs) yeah i i guess i i was one of those people that never really listened to the solo work of uh, the guys outside of wu-tang see i think they're Best work has been their solo the solo work. Yeah. Like the that first album Raekwon and Ghostface did, only built for Cuban Links. That's like one of the most classic rap albums ever. Yeah. All of Method Man's solo albums have been trash. Yeah. But well, that's why. Because I would listen to Method <laughs> yeah. Man stuff and be like, I'll just listen to Wu Tang. Yeah, Method Man's solo albums for some reason are all really disappointing. But like the Jizza sex term <laughs> yeah there's that new there's that new yeah. artist who's like what is it SZA SZA and I was yeah. like is she the daughter of the RZA and the JZA <laughs> <laughs> exactly because if not you got some explaining to do on that name <laughs> so yeah Ghostface Killer Fish Scale go check it out I swear I'll talk about stuff you've heard after that Tom what's your first your second pick should we do the Bright Eyes fight right now or should we wait on that we can we can fire that up whenever you want baby all right, well, I picked Bright Eyes, Fevers, and Mirrors. Idiot. Go on. Correct genius. No. Yeah. Uh, this came out in 2000, so it was like just right on the right on the cusp there. Uh, you guys sort of, I wasn't sure what to do with the criteria, so I just picked like the albums that were the most important to me. Right. In the, in the 2000s, I didn't really go by genre, so it's like you can kind of see that my taste is pretty narrow. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this was kind of, I tried to be a musician for like 15 years. And this was the album that sort of pushed me into it because it was like, oh, this is like the, like the, the writing style appealed to me, the, the instrumentation, the fact that he's not like the greatest singer in the world. And I, yeah. wasn't, at, I wasn't at the time. Yeah. Um, it just really, it was the first album that really affected me like in, in a lot of different ways, like creatively, it affected me emotionally. 
and then it, it affected me in sort of like this. It felt like I was discovering something because I didn't know anybody else who had heard of this. Yeah. Um, and then it got me into the you know all of the Saddle Creek bands. And I was like, oh, there's this whole world that I had like who who knew that fucking Omaha was like a place where music- Omaha is one of my I favorite know. I'm, places. I'm actually wearing the the. Uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, we toured last. Was it last year or year before? Yeah, well, it was 2016. Yeah, 2016. We we did a show in Omaha. It was a fun show. I fucking love Omaha. Yeah, Omaha was great. Yeah, so such an unexpected like awesome place to be. It's a really fun town. The great thing about Omaha too is that beautiful women have no idea that they deserve better. (laughs) That's because they're all in Nebraska. Yeah, makes it a great place. It's a bleak place. Makes it a very fun place to tour. Yeah. Mitchell Dexter says Lifted is a better bright eyes. I agree. Lifted is very good. Uh, We'll argue. Don't worry. But Fevers and Mirrors, like I said, my criteria was which ones were the most important to me. So Fevers and Mirrors was more important to me. Yeah. It's a good album. I, I think Lifted probably is better. What I like about Bright Eyes is he's been, people don't realize, he's been making albums since he was like six. Yeah. So like Fever, Fevers and Mirrors is like his 25th album like, right? or some yeah, crazy yeah. shit like that. <laughs> it's insane. And then he like quietly dated Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> the hell was that about? And then he had all these side projects like, uh, what's it called? Desperacitos? Yeah. Yeah. That, they they a, put out uh, two really good albums. Yeah. That first one is really good. Yeah. Man. Mm. Yeah, I'm can, a fan. I like I put on uh, that song Manana and just rock the hell out. I like Bright Eyes and Connor Oberst a whole lot. Josh! Oh my What's your next pick? God, I'm so horrific. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I am going to change one, though. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to pull one that you're probably going to shit on, but there was an album I forgot was a 2005 album um, that definitely is good. To kind of pair off of what Tom just talked about, for the, all the same reasons he picked that bright eyes album i was a musician as well before doing comedy for like uh 15 years same thing and i'll pick head planet earth broke so that was the album for me that uh it was it was a new metal album it was a rap rock album but it to me it was like the first band that i thought really perfectly mixed all the genres so they did punk rock they had hip-hop they had reggae all in the same album but it also really uh, it really hit me that album because the production value was amazing, but it it had like the high level production of um of of a hip hop album, but it was really a punk rock album. And the thing I loved about that band and that album specifically is because it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a long story of of how you sort of end up at the end of your rope. So it starts with songs like uh, Killing Time and Waiting to Die, and kind of essentially to me it's like a depressing life led so it's like your 20s of not caring about things living you know um day to day and not really thinking about the future getting to a level of loneliness with a song like bartender you know being in denial and trying to rally people around you with songs like i got you and then ultimately ending it with a song like swan dive and to make a happy reggae song about killing yourself to me was one of the biggest musical accomplishments that I had ever heard a band do. I was like, how can you make a song so dark be so amazing? And it's one of the, to me, it's, it's still their best album of all time. I actually got to know a lot of the guys in the band and, um, over the years. And, uh, they were one of those bands, like anytime they came to town, I wouldn't miss a show. Yeah. And since then, like, you know, the, the band is like completely different. They're fronted only by the original singer and they're like a pure punk rock band now. And they're into like Illuminati conspiracy theories and shit. Oh, good. And that, that, <laughs> that they lost me entirely when they made that shift. So like, I think any head PE stuff like post 2007 is garbage, but this was a really amazing album. And I feel like if you go back and listen to all the rap rock bands, you go, you listen to like 
Limp Bizkit's Significant Other. You listen to any Rage Against the Machine type stuff. You listen to um, even like Linkin Park Hybrid Theory, which is also on my list, not to double down back to back. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. But I think that was the best. It was like ga- it was like 90s gangster rap mixed with punk rock. It's, a, it's an amazing record. And if you, if you don't know that band and you haven't heard that album, go listen to that album. I will check it out. Yeah, I've never. I've, I'm familiar with them. I know. I know the name, and I know they exist, but I've never listened to any of their stuff. And, and it's weird because they they were the band that I thought did that genre the best, but they were signed to Jive Records, and at the time, oh, J- that's weird. Yeah, Jive had In Sync and Britney Spears and all these huge pop acts, so they really got lost in the shuffle. And then, um, you know, unfortunately, this album came out right before. Lincoln Park's album, and when oh, Lincoln yeah. Park's album came out, every other rap rock band immediately became irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's an interesting pick. I will check that out. Yeah, uh, I, have, I have legit never heard of this band. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've heard of them. I just don't. I'm not familiar with any other stuff. Uh, but I had the same sort of like emotional response for me as a musician, where I was like, "Oh, you don't have to pick a kind of music. You can just do everything you like." It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So my next pick, me and Tom, ready to fight about Bright Eyes. Mm-hmm. My next pick is Bright Eyes, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. This is the album that when I'm super depressed, I put this on and listen to it back to back solely so I can wallow in that depression, mm-hmm. not to make things better by any sense. That's, no, you don't, you don't listen to anything he writes to no. feel better. It's like Morrissey. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty much. But Bright Eyes, I first saw mm-hmm. Bright Eyes, I was at the Vote for Change tour. Mm-hmm. When Bush was up for re-election, and Bruce Springsteen and Pearl Jam went on tour to win the election for John Kerry, and that failed. But I went to Epically. I went to the Minneapolis leg of the Vote for Change tour, and it was Bruce Springsteen, REM, and Bright Eyes. That and is a weird combo. I had never heard Bright Eyes at this point, but I was like, "Well, I'll just get there early and check this band out." And I was so fucking blown away. And it was right after "I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning" came out, so they played like Landlocked Blues and right because that's when he did Digital Ash and a Digital Urn, and then also I'm Wide Awake. yeah, he that's... released that and "I'm a Wide I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning" mm-hmm. on the same day. And Digital Ash and a Digital Urn is fine. There's a song on that's, there that's, that's my more favorite of the two. Actually, really, yeah. I, I like the song that sounds like "99 Luff Balloons." But other than that, I, I think, think it's that, called "I Believe in Chemistry." Yes, that song sounds like "99 Luff Balloons" by Kind Nana. of. It uh, sounds exactly like it. The it's very the last song on that album is great too, and I can't remember the name of it. There's also a song on Digital Ash called uh, "Light Pollution." That's really yeah. good. But I'm wide awake. It's morning. It's got Lua on it. That song is so fucking beautiful. Lua, Lua is good, yeah. Uh, first Day of My Life, which in the middle of a super depressing album is like one of the sweetest. Like, that's almost a wedding song. <laughs> Such a good song. And I just, uh, I fucking love that album. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. I have it on vinyl. I listen to it all the fucking time. So, Bright I Eyes. I don't know Bright Eyes at all either. He's uh, like a singer-songwriter type. It's a band, but just barely. He records as it's, Bright Eyes. It's him. Like like Nine Inch Nails yeah. is a band. Yeah, yeah. When he yeah. records with this one particular guitar player, Goldmine re- Gutted is also my favorite on Digital Ash. Steven used to be in a band. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has some solo albums that are pretty good too. There's a uh, he's got an album with Jim James and M Ward called Monsters of Folk. Or something like that. It's like a super group. Yeah. And there's a song on there called uh, Man Called Truth, which I saw Bright Eyes play live once. And it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. 
Yeah, someone in the comments said uh, quoted me saying it's a band, but just barely. I just mean that because Connor Oberst because it's does it's just everything him and he does everything and yeah. then like he'll bring in other people when he needs to tour or whatever. Yeah, like Smashing Pumpkins is basically that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he fell into the Alex Jones pit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Billy he did. <laughs> Which sucks because a lot of his new songs are really, really good. His old stuff's really good. Oh yeah, I don't need to talk about Billy Corgan. All right, so that's my that's my second pick, Bright Eyes. I'm wide awake. It's morning. Tom, what's your next pick? I'll go with uh, Say Anything is a Real Boy. Who is Say Anything? Say Anything is also a band, but just barely. Aren't they a pop punk band? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Or are he, they considered emo? Uh, it's hard to say. He's He kind of does... He's really big on songs that don't have much structure. Okay. Uh, but they do have some st- songs that are straight ahead pop. It's basically one guy. It's uh, Max Bemis uh, is his name. Yeah. And apparently he's in the very beginning of Face Off as one of the... Face Off. One of the kids singing in the choir in, oh, the, in nice. the LA Convention Center. Oh, apparently. Cool. I've heard that he's in there. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but uh, Say Anything's a Real Boy uh, is the first album that he did, and it's just him and a drummer... Um, so he layers all of the guitar and bass parts, and he also does this really incredible vocal layering thing that I've not seen anyone else do. It's hard to describe, but this is another album that was just very, very, very important to me. <laughs> like I heard this, like at, you know, hearing Bright Eyes got me on one kick where I was like, that was like the first, yeah, pushing me into this, and then say anything it was like, oh my gosh, this guy is my age, and he's doing incredible things. That it's just him and his buddy drummer, yeah. Um, and this album was originally supposed to be a concept album about uh, a wooden boy becoming real. Oh. So only a few of those songs remain. He, he just that was apparently just too ambitious for him. So because he was like I think twenty two at the time when this album was made. I love when people make ambitious plans like that, and they never <laughs> like when Sufjan Stevens was like, "I'm going to make an album for, for every, every state,", state. <laughs> yeah, and then ten so years like, later, it's two states. I made an album for two states. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. At least, uh, what's the mystery writer who just died? Patricia Cornwall? Yeah. She had gotten to Y. <laughs> she had done a, a murder mystery for every single letter of the alphabet and had just finished Y and was Z was supposed to come out this year and she fucking died. Oh. <laughs> like, what a bitch. Well, no, I mean, it's like, it's like oh, no, you're, yeah. you're right there. <laughs> well, she wrote Y and God said, that's a good question. There isn't really a point to this, so no Z. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mitchell Dex is correct. Yeah, they still kept with the album art uh, where it's Pinocchio nose growing. Oh, up. yeah. Um, this is a really, really, really incredible album. It was just, just blew me away in terms of what could be done just with one person just layering both guitars and vocals. Um, the lyrics are really, to me, like very good, like real powerful because it's just about, it's, it's just about not knowing what you're supposed to do and, and being yeah. like kind of having a lot of like emotional turmoil and then like, being kind of a piece of shit about it, which is speaks to me on so many levels. <laughs> Still, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's his best album. Nice, one hundred percent his best album. Um, he still makes music. Um, but uh, this is really, I think, the best one. Nice. And if you haven't heard it, you should definitely check it out. I will check it out. Josh, what's your next pick? It's so hard. It was so hard to kind of pick from bands because, like we talked about in the early on, there there were a lot of bands from this time. That made music that was influential to me, but then you go back and you look at the the date of the albums, and they were either their ninety out their nineties albums were really what was the best, 
Yeah, so I've got two coming that just <clears throat> just made it into the 2000s. But to me, it, yeah. this was one of those bands where I said, not only is this album in, in the year space, but I think it was their best and most defining album in terms of you thought you knew who this band was sonically, and then they kicked the door open as Deftones White Pony. Yes. And I think this was, you know, it, I really had a hard time deciding between Head P and Deftones because if you ask me what were the two albums that influenced me as a musician the most, it were those two albums, the Head P album and Deftones White Pony. I mean, Deftones White Pony from the guitar riff of the opening song from the first thing to the last kick drum of the album is an epic, epic album. I mean, it just it rips. It's raw. It's it somehow sounds like an orchestra of angry guitars. And it's when you I, I got to see it performed live, and uh, I don't think I've ever seen a band look more, uh, I guess, anthological performing one album, oh, where wow. it felt like music from over decades of their their performing career. And you look at songs like you've got like songs like Elite or or mm -hmm. Knife Party, which are really heavy incredible. heavy out. Uh, Knife Party is my favorite song of them by by means across all of their albums but then you hear songs like teenager or mm. or passenger Passenger's great. and it's like mayor the, james uh, keenan yeah and, and teenager was like i don't know if you remember but chino marino had this side project it was like electronic music yeah uh i can't remember what it was called though didn't they he did an album with um, did an album with uh lincoln park right it was called like razors up or something i can't remember but um, but he had this like electronic side project, and Teenager was like a first peek into that kind of Chino stuff, where it was just sort of electronic and soft and melodic, and it's just such a good song. I mean, His, there's not a song on there. I don't. There's not a song on there I skip through. No, you have to listen to it as a whole. It's yeah. one of those. This is. I'm, yeah, I was so glad that you picked this. It's like definitely one of my favorite albums and i forgot when i was making my well no because you, you got your picks in before me too yeah but i hadn't thought of this uh, uh, album in a while because i lost my copy when i moved out here so i need to buy it again and it was, there were also like 15 versions of this album right because they did a re-release where they made them do a stupid rap rock version of the of, last uh, song on the album back to school it was a uh, it was pink maggot right yeah but they did they just did a rap rock version of the chorus and then they did the video awful. they did a video for that and, yeah. and that was that was clearly like a record label going you guys got to do this. You guys got to be Limp Biscuit and Linkin Park. And they're not that. They were never no. really that. Yeah. No. And it's funny, too, because like I remember seeing an, an interview with that band. And they were like, who do you guys think you're like? And Chino and, and Steph Carpenter were like, oh, we're like a modern Hall and & Oates. <laughs> and, everyone, and everyone's like, that's the most absurd comparison ever. But the funny thing is, if you listen to their music all the way up till now, and you go back and you listen to Hall and & Oates, you're like, no, I get it. Mm, yeah. It's kind of a good comparison. Yeah, it's because his voice is, he doesn't... His voice is so good, but he doesn't like do the. He's really like kind of soft and, and sort of really melodious and carrying this this through line through this like just this sonic assault of just like heaviness and everything. Oh, it's so good! It's I mean, a great I, album. The, what, the minute we the minute we submitted these two days ago or whenever it was or yesterday, yeah. I got in my car, started that album, yeah. <laughs> and drove around until it was over. Just I didn't have anywhere to go. I just put it on, drove around. Listen to the whole album from front to back. Their, nice. their newer stuff has been real good too. Yeah, um, the the one with the owl on the front was good. The one uh, with the Diamond Eyes. Diamond Eyes. What yeah. was the one with the skull on the front? That's the self the self titled. That one's really. good That's too. great too, and, th and that is one of my favorite deft. That so that was when they started doing like really down tuned guitars. They started mm -hmm. doing things in G, which is like a seven string version of their C tuning. And my one of my favorite. I say it's the most violent song I've ever heard. Is a song called Bloody Cape that's mm -hmm. on that album. Yeah, which I love. 
Um, and I was like, how is this not in a horror movie? They, they just have this amazing ability as a four piece to just crush I am constantly sound. I'm constantly surprised at how many people are in that band. Yeah. I mean, it it's, sounds like six people. Yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> unbelievable. And um, I mean, like I remember there was never a band who I was more obsessed with their gear because I was like, how are they getting all this right, sound yeah, out of one guitar, this, yeah. one guitar player? Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Cause Chino doesn't play an instrument. It's well, he does. He does. Chino oh. plays guitar, but like poorly, right? You know, like he, <laughs> he pulled the guitar out in change and you're just like, is this guy literally playing like three rhythm chords? Yeah. And that's all that's it was. All that song yeah, is. he was playing like the clean part and then all of the, you know, stuff. That's a good ass song stuff, though. It is. That you know, and it's it's kind of like it's kind of disgusting to me that that is the most popular song off that album. I see why in a way it just because that was the first single and it was like right. that's the most accessible song. But, but you just go through like those first RX Queen I mean, it's, there's it's all just, great. Like, it's so many. It's one of those albums where it's like, I don't know how you would pick a single because you just listen to and, it. And you know what's funny is I, I went back and forth between Deftones and Incubus and I said, okay, well, the best Incubus albums were in the 90s. And then you've got to give Deftones credit because they a lot of people think their best two albums were in the 90s because they did Around the Fur, Around the Fur, which is a great album, mm -hmm. and then Adrenaline, which is a great album. But to do Adrenaline and then Around the Fur and then White Pony, you're like, holy shit. This band just keeps getting better. Like most bands might might tick up at the second album, but then you look at Incubus and Make Yourself, and you're like, that's a that's a step down from, uh, or not Make Yourself, uh, Morning View. Yeah, that's a step down from Make Yourself. Well, Incubus is a trash band. Well, also. I think <laughs> they were great in their first two albums, and then it just <laughs> went away. But yeah, that but with Deftones, it's like. They just kept trending upwards and yeah. upwards. I mean, yeah. I, I could have I could have made the entire album or the entire list Deftones, Deftones albums. albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never actually listened to the Deftones, but I've only ever heard good things. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, I think start you would with like White it. Pony. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, start with that album. I'll check it out. I am going to change gears a little bit with my next pick. I'm going to go with a D'Angelo <laughs> album <laughs> called Voodoo. The only thing I can remember about D'Angelo. Is that he was sexy. Right. It's that video where oh, it's that just what you him, like, like rotating. Well, this is, this is the, the album that had that song on Sweet. it. Sweet. But the thing about D'Angelo, he's, aside from the fact, like, Prince recorded an album roughly every three days, and D'Angelo puts out a new album, like, every decade. But beyond that, D'Angelo is our version of Prince. He is so... Insanely. Dear God, people are going to take issue with that statement. No, they won't. No, yeah. they won't. People who are familiar with D'Angelo will not take issue with well, that at he, all. He He's writes such... the best fuck music of the of the new millennium. He right? writes the best fuck music. He writes the best R and B soul albums of anyone working right now. Right. And the only only gripe I've ever had with him is he takes so long to put out new albums because he has to have this big emotional breakdown in his life in between every album which as a comic i can relate to that it's right. exhausting but yeah. yeah and you know he's he's one of those people that i don't know this album when it came out i it his first album came out in like 96 and it took four years for this next one to come out and i was like oh finally and then there was all this talk of him like immediately starting work on his third album which came out in 2014 14 years later, he put out his third album. So a D'Angelo album is like a fucking comet passing yeah. in the sky in a way that you can just look up in the sky and see it. And that's not like hyperbole. It, sh it because should be the, its own calendar. 
It should be, and because the albums are always so good. They're fucking perfect albums. And he's put out a perfect album each of the last three decades. It's just that it's been one each decade. Yeah. There was one in 96, one in 2000, one in like 2014 or 15. Now, do you prefer that level of scarce output to persistent mediocrity? Oh yeah, totally. Me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have I'd rather have three albums over thirty years than ten that suck. Because every D'Angelo album is an event. Yeah, like when it comes mm-hmm. out, for one thing, you're relieved the guy's still alive because uh. he's always got like drug problems and shit. But when the album comes out, you're like, oh fuck, that was worth waiting. I feel for. the same way about Mystical. <laughs> <laughs> Except his his breakdowns are always just he cannot stop raping people. Mystical. Close to him, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a song called Pussy Crook. Yeah, Danger that wrote, Indeed. That he, wrote in, <laughs> that he wrote in prison for fucking an underage girl. I thought there's nothing more mystical than this song. <laughs> also, also yeah. the balls to be in prison for, under, for statutory rape and to write a song <laughs> called Pussy Crook. <laughs> and it was a great song. Yeah, yeah. Was, I was like, you can't argue with these. Well, the best songs. Yeah, 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 there's two parts that the balls, beats, to, the balls to write it. Yeah. And the balls to make this is going to be an amazing song. Yeah, yeah and then not only that, but it's still it's a very catchy. Well, the best work comes from when you're talking about stuff that means a lot to you. Yeah. So for him writing a song about rape, it's his bag. Yeah, yeah. It was it was the most. I was like, oh, see, I remember hearing Pussy Crook come out <laughs> on the underground, you know, on Napster, and I was like, oh shit, he's out of prison. And the answer to that was no. no. No, this no, is, he in, is not. This is anticipation of his release. This is Mystic Cal's mind. Case <laughs> you forgot what I do. <laughs> Danger. Yeah, I, I mean voltage. that that album. That I, I almost put that mystical album on there too because that <laughs> mystical album was I bumped the shit out of that. So yeah, D'Angelo Voodoo. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's a fantastic album. Go out and listen to every D'Angelo album. There's only three. They just put out an expanded version of his first album, which was called Brown Sugar fantastic he is one of the most important artists we have working today i absolutely mean that so d'angelo voodoo and that is legitimately one of my favorite albums of all time ever yeah Yeah. so that is my what are we down to we got two picks each left i don't really listen to fuck music so well it's not just fuck music it's just that one song is the one people remember the most and it's because of that video with him just standing there Mm -hmm. and turning like he was just on a rotating platform he was all oiled up that was the 90s one right yeah no that was that's that's that was 2000 that was on this album which came out in 2000 okay yeah i was always afraid if i put that on i would start having sex and not even i didn't want to oh yeah 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 it's just with an entity i'd be in my room by myself yeah 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 like the film the entity (laughs) uh tom what's your next pick Uh, i'm gonna go with cursive the ugly organ i do like cursive and this is a great album i don't know this band either it's Tim Kasher. It's another Saddle Creek band. It's another right? Saddle Creek, yeah, and it's also a, a band that's basically one person. I'm not such a huge fan of their later stuff, but this was like peak cursive for me. It was a tough choice actually between this and his side project, The Good Life. Uh, I've never heard it. Um, they had an album that came out around the same time called Album of the Year, which is an album that I would put on. That, that's like my I'm Wide Awake It's Morning. Yeah, it is the saddest fucking album I have ever heard. Oh, good. Listen to just listen to just the song, the title track, album of the year from the Good Life. It is the saddest fucking song. 
I'm excited to check that out now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen. To, uh, there's a lot be, of stuff. You will here be I'm gonna so to. goddamn sad. <laughs> Anyways, the Ugly Organ is an amazing album. It's um kind of it's like it's not really punk rock. It's like uh indie emo rock sort of, but it has a cellist in it. Oh sure, I like that. Um and there's a new metal band called Starset that has a cellist, and it's so weird because it's like a bunch of like goth looking heavy metal guys and then like an asian woman who went to like berkeley school of music that is just ripping on a cello 100 percent what the ugly organ is <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy who looks like uh topher grace with a little beard and then this lady just ripping it apart on a cello, on a cello. <laughs> but yeah this this comes right out of the gate the first song on the album is called some redhead and Sl- some red-handed sleight of hand and it just this song just explodes with the uh, this lady just ripping up the cello. Tim Cash is screaming at you. It is a fucking incredible song, and it's how the album starts. Nice. Um, and the album is great all the way through. It's one of my favorite albums of all time, and it was important to me just because I listen to it constantly. It's one of those things that, you know, I talked about the, my first couple of picks were about albums that sort of like affected me like creatively and emotionally and this affected me emotionally and also in terms of creativity it was like this is something i could never do <laughs> like this yeah. show, this show this album showed me what my ceiling was yeah <laughs> like that's why i quit playing guitar because i yeah, would oh, see yeah. prince play guitar and i was like, it's just like i don't have time to do that I, yeah. I felt that way about pretty hate machine believe it or not oh, that's, like well, that's i, I didn't get into nine inch nails until like later as a musician because mm-hmm. I, I started being into like when I started playing guitar, when you're like 13, you listen to bands like Metallica and and Megadeth, and you know you want to shred. And then I, I I got into punk music and was playing like Offspring and Green Day and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then later, as we were we were kind of like more of a melodic new metal band, then I started getting into more electronic music, which brought me back to Nine Inch Nails. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this fucking guy! Not only is this album amazing, Pretty Hate Machine, but he made it in like 1989. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's sort of like you look at that and you just go like this dude is uh this dude is like the uh, Orwell of music. Yeah, it's like yeah he has no ceiling. I have a ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. We had the uh, me too by the com- way. comments rattling off some comedian. great songs on Cursive like the Recluse, Bloody Murderer. Another one of my favorites is uh, oh shit Driftwood. Um, yeah. it's just a really great album and very emotional. Nice. So I've got to check out Cursive and Bright Eyes. Yeah. Yes. When I leave here. And D'Angelo. And D'Angelo. I, not while I'm driving. <laughs> and, and Pussy Crook. Yeah. No, you guys got to hear Pussy Crook. That's my ringtone. <laughs> Josh, what's your next pick? I talked about this earlier, so this will be a fast one to wrap up. Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. Nice. Uh, I don't think there was an album in 2000 that better shaped an entire decade of, of music. For better or worse. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would argue. And there also was never a better Linkin Park album than their first album. That, I, in my opinion, they had one in the chamber and everything after that was garbage. But, um, I liked Meteora. No. No? That's incorrect. Incorrect. Um, right. No, yeah, no. You're, but, uh, I, mean, I think you're all incorrect about all of this. But, but, um, I never owned one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think uh, this was th- I, this album for, just lives like a meteor in the genre. I mean, everything else up until then stopped mattering. It was an album. It was a band. There was actually another band that I thought I, I liked more than this band. It was a band called Darwin's Waiting Room that did, did what they did. They had a rapper, like a genuine rapper, like a black dude, Dreadlocks. Real, he was a rapper who joined a band. And then a, a white guy singer, um, and they they kind of did this back and forth, and Lincoln Park just made them irrelevant. 
and came out. And and I think the only reason that that Lincoln Park album was so impactful at the time and so successful is because of the production value. It yeah. just had amazing production value. Uh, there's actually a band uh, that I thought what had even better production value on an album that came out of that time, but I didn't pick this them for this because I didn't want to be called a pedophile supporter, but that lost profits album long way home. Well, okay. Pedophile. Uh, but you know what I mean? But like <laughs> yeah. that, that album to me had even better production value than Lincoln park hybrid theory. But I think this one to me, if you were into uh, rock at that time, um, why does black dude dreadlocks make him a real rapper? I think you answered that question <laughs> yourself. Um, but yeah, like no, I mean he was he, the dude was a rapper before he was in a band. Like a, he had a solo right. rap career. His name was Grim. But um, but anyway, that that album just shook that entire genre like an earthquake. And and that I, I don't know if I've ever seen a band in my lifetime release their first album and just shoot from being unknown to. I watched that band go from doing five hundred seaters to arenas in twelve months. In yeah. 12 months. I mean, so it was uh, it was super cool to see. And they put on an amazing live show. I mean, their production value was incredible. And, and that was an album where you could kind of listen from front to back straight through. And it was, it was really an enjoyable listen. It wasn't, the, to me, it was not even about substance. It was just about how fun that album was to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, I never, I don't know. I never got into Linkin Park. I was, I was very anti-rap metal yeah. for... Well, if you a listen, long time. but here's the thing: I think Head PE is the rap metal for people that are anti-rap metal, <laughs> oh, in yeah. the sense that, like, you listen to Lincoln Park and you go, "Well, this is just white guys appropriating hip hop, you know, beats and sounds to emphasize the corny shit they're already doing or to make it better." Whereas, like, uh, I think Head PE is a little bit more organic. It's literally like '90s California hip hop mixed with '90s California punk rock. But yeah, I mean, I feel like if I, it was impossible for me to say that that wouldn't be in the top five for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, it's an important album. <laughs> You're going to go, well, that's definitely a, an album. It's an album, it's, it's it's an an album, album that yeah. came out in the in 2000s, 2000s for yeah. sure. All right. My penultimate pick. This is one of my favorite bands in the world. I had tickets to see them in concert in Fargo, North Dakota, and they broke up two weeks before the show. So I never got to see them live, but I did get to see the lead singer do a solo show later. And that is The White Stripes, and the album is Elephant. Yeah. Came out in, I think, 2007. To me, it's still their best. I mean, I say still as if there's more White Stripes right. albums there's coming. but No other, no other uh, yeah. possible entries. That have, uh, ship has sailed. But yeah. to me, I think it's The White Stripes' strongest album. Agreed. I did like Icky Thump a lot, but... Elephant, I mean, it's got Seven Nation Army on it. That's one of those songs that, like, they college marching bands play that shit at football games now. Yeah, like, that is that's like their such song. an iconic song. And you talk about an album that launched an entire genre. Yeah. Like, brought back, hey, what if I just plug this guitar straight in and just play that shit? Right. Yeah. Like, lo-fi rock. Right. And it, it was... completely brought that back. Yeah. And leading that... The, Again, for better or worse. Making yes, Seven indeed. Nation Army the first single on that album was so brilliant, because all anyone talked about from their last album was, they don't have a bass player. They don't, like, they don't even have... Like, there's no bass in the songs. And there still was no bass on Seven Nation Army. He just used a, a, an effects pedal right. to make it sound. But that guitar riff which basically doubles as a bass line is so fucking iconic and it kicks off that album i watched him do that song live on like a late night show yeah and that was what made me a white stripes fan i was like this motherfucker is hendrix yeah oh yeah he's a, <laughs> i mean i was he's blown away prob he's one of the best guitar players 
walking the planet. I remember right the, now. I, I read about them in a magazine before I'd ever heard their music. Remember magazines? Yeah, um, kind of. Yeah. I read about it and I was like, when did Edward Scissorhands uh, start a band? <laughs> and I remember just shitting on their look. And then I saw that performance and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This guy's amazing. And I was a fan ever since. Also, he has a delightful cameo in uh, Walk Hard. Yes, where he plays Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. Karate, man. <laughs> Chuck right love <laughs> So uh, fucking great. And this album, it's got, like, just looking at the track list, it's got, is Girl, You Don't, You Have No Faith in Medicine on this? Yes, You Have No Faith in Medicine is one of my favorite songs by the White Stripes. Little Acorns, I don't know if anyone's listened to Little Acorns, but it kicks off with an actual news report from this guy in Detroit back in the 70s reporting on this woman who uh, was in the throes of depression and saw a squirrel harvesting nuts for the winter and seeing this squirrel fight through the winter like brought her out of this depression. And Jack White builds a song around that news report. It starts with him saying, be like the squirrel, girl. Be like the squirrel. And it's such a fucking entertaining song. The whole album from front to back is so goddamn great. And I think it is definitely the best White Stripes album and maybe the best album of the 2000s. My next pick could be also. Yeah, Anything I, on this list could it's, be. Yeah, but. I, it's funny, too, because I, you know, I always go through and I go, like, what are, what are the blogs and what are the articles about this? What have they picked? And every single one either ended with this at the top or your last pick at the top. Yeah. Every single definitive albums of the 2000s. Yeah. Elephant. And I don't want to spoil your last pick, but uh, or that. Yeah, I feel like my last pick's going to be... I feel like history has soured on that album a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah, and and the only reason I didn't put it on mine is because it's not my favorite album from that band. Yeah, yeah. Tom, what's your last pick? This is going to be an unpopular one. I know it. <laughs> um, they've been people have been talking in the chat about American Idiot by Green Day, and I almost put it on there. Um, yeah, I almost put it on too. Um, thank you both for not. But the fact that- of the matter is, is this is <laughs> still my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> and this is 1000% my favorite album that they ever do. I, I have had this car, I mean, I have this car. I've had this CD in my car's like CD visor since it came out in 2003. It's Blink 182's self titled album. Nice. I always thought Dude Ranch was their first album. It was their first album. It was not. Or no, I'm sorry. It was Cheshire, that was like their Cheshire Cat. Yeah, Cheshire Cat was. Oh, this album. is like a later. This is the one. This with, is latter this day. Is, this Blink is the one that had, This is the last one before they broke up the first oh, time. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Before the, the aliens the got to Tom right. DeLonge. No, that's Offspring song. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm sorry. What is what is the... What's the song? Then, well, I'm sorry. What's the... Feeling This, I Miss You, Always, I'm uh, Down. To, I'm trying to... I can't remember the name of the song I'm thinking of. I'm going to look it up. This is a good one. <laughs> this is this this is when they decided to be the cure. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, there's a lot of... it's. Re- I mean, the production value is really good on it. It's a... Uh, it's a super atmosphere. It's a super atmospheric record, believe it or not. Um, uh, it's the best songs they ever wrote. Yeah, I would love to help get Tom DeLonge. I'm pretty scary. Um, I would love to, to talk to Tom DeLonge about aliens. We've been trying to get Tom DeLonge on this network to talk about aliens for a long time now. <sighs> if you do that, you have to have me on. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, it's this one from 2003. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, this was a great album. The only problem is I like the other two more, like Enema of the State, which is actually a 99 That's a 99 album. Album. That's, yeah. my fa- that's my favorite Blink album. Sure, sure. This is my favorite one, though. They even, and they even got Robert Smith on a song. Nice. It's, uh, it's, it's good. I, I enjoy this. This is definitely one of my favorite albums by 
my favorite band. So. Oh, I was thinking of Stay Together for the Kids, which is on uh, Take, off, take your off Your Pants and jacket. jacket. Yeah, That's my favorite Blink-182 album just because of the title. <laughs> I love the title of that album. It's all right. It's all right. It was more of a lateral move for them. <laughs> <laughs> when it when it comes to uh, when it comes to pop punk bands, I was actually I always thought that uh, some forty one was better than Blink one eighty two. Leave, uh, yeah, get out of here. But that's just, you know it's just a matter of personal preference. But the problem is that oh I, oh that album did come out in uh, two thousand one. I could have picked it. All killer, no filler. Yeah, um, oh, I thought yeah. it was I thought it was ninety nine, but uh, no, it's two thousand one. Nope. But yeah, that's a that's a genre that. God, there were so many good bands. It's so many good indie bands. Like that was the closest I yeah. think we got to an indie band revival before the whole White Stripes thing, mm-hmm. where it was like these. You know, you could you, these guys were. It'd be like three dudes from like Edmonton or something, and and they would they could become superstars just right, by playing just cool by... three chord punk rock. Uh, the Used was another band. I loved the Used. that I loved. They, they, they kind of came out of the nowhere. They were out of like what Utah or some shit, some shit like Salt that. Lake City. Yeah. yeah. And you were well, just like, me, holy let, shit, this band came out of nowhere. Yeah, I liked Box Full of Sharp Objects. Amazing. That was a really amazing album. Song, yeah. But I think that was also, uh, was that a was that a 2000? No, I think that was that 2000. 2000. That was yeah. 2000. There was also a lot of crap that yeah, came yeah. up. But that, I mean, again, like we keep saying, for better or worse. Josh, what is your last pick? So originally I picked Maroon 5 songs about Jane, uh, but are I want I to... Switching up. I'm going to switch it out. Just because I thought that's when you talk about a band who has staying power, I thought that was a band that has definitely only gotten better and better as the years have gone on. Yeah. And that and it's crazy to say that when that album had like six number ones on yeah. it or something ridiculous. But uh, I'm going to go with Dredge, Catch Without Arms, which is. Uh, who is this? Uh, it's There's no E. It's just D R E D G. Musically, one of the most gifted bands ever. And um, I don't know this band. Oh my God. It's. Uh, the the lyrics of this album are they'll shake you like the their ability to spin metaphors into great lyrics are phenomenal uh, melodically i think it's the best album of the 2000s and um it's just it's just like such good it is in the, to me i think dredge is in the spirit of a band like your last pick because of their just their songwriting ability and their yeah. ability to to get the most out of the least, like they can take a clean guitar, a just a clean bass, clean drums, and write something that sounds like it was produced in a laboratory. Wow! Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of this. But band. they are an absolutely am- amazing band. Some of their stuff to me now, their album after this absolutely lost me, and their album before it I didn't think was as good, which people will uh, hate me for because people think LCLO is like the greatest the absolute greatest uh, album that has ever been made. Motherfucker with a cello in the back. But yeah, but uh, Catch Without Arms oh, to me yeah. was my absolute favorite. And, uh, you know, this this was, they kind of were like, this was a band that when all my friends were into them, I wasn't into them. And then as I, I think as I matured emotionally later, I got into them because I got out of the the feeling that it was just too alty and, and yeah. really was able to appreciate the musicianship in it. They were doing like melodic music at a time where everything was getting harder and heavier. And so, and they toured with a lot of those bands. So they like that band would go on tour with bands like Taproot, which are like super heavy. (laughs) And then these guys would come out and be like pussy music compared to that. Yeah. And, um, but musically, it's just an amazing, amazing record. And if, and if you haven't listened to it, I would tell you listen to it, start it, listen to it from front to finish. And, uh, it's an amazing record. Nice. I will check that out. I've never heard of them. That was my way of picking something in the genre of your last pick without be- picking something so obvious. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, okay. I mean, okay. not obvious, I get but it. like... I get it. He's calling, you, your, he's calling your pick obvious. Yeah. But you well, can't... But Because it's, it's obviously one of the best albums of the 2000s. Well, it's the best... Listen, it's the best <laughs> band of all time, in my opinion. Dredge? No. <laughs> no, oh, the band oh. you picked. Oh, is the, oh you is, mean this last one? Yeah, is the greatest band of all time. Really? So, yeah, I think so. Without wow. question. Their greatest hits. Their greatest hits. Oh, yeah. You put that album on... And listen to it from front to back, and you go, "Holy shit!" Yeah, there doesn't need to be any other songs. Yeah, like if my if you if the whole desert island thing, if you could go with one record, what would it be? It'd be greatest hits. Nice uh, from this band. All right, so my my number one pick is Radiohead, Kid A. Radiohead, when this album came out, I remember I don't remember anticipation around an album to this degree. Yeah, it was everywhere in. Uh, I don't know if there has been anticipation around an album. I mean, there was like, like this street art for it and, and billboards and bus pants. I mean, and it was coming on the heels of the Benz and OK Computer, and people were expecting them to keep kind of going that direction and be this really great British guitar rock band. And then, man, they put out this album that's all like switchboard sounds and fucking bleeps and bloops. And there was People like people were pissed. And what was crazy out. is it was kind of the reverse, where you know it was this really new sound, but it was at the time a lot of younger people who were like, "Oh, Radiohead fucking blew it." And there were a lot of older fans who were like, "No, this is pretty cool. Like, like they no, sweet. they did a really interesting thing here." And it's such the songs on it, despite being such a radical departure from what they had been doing previously. They're also just really good songs. National Anthem is a fucking amazing song. There are so many great singles. It's fun to see them perform these songs. My, my favorite Radiohead song is on this album. Which one? Uh, Everything in the Right Place. Yeah. In right place. That, That's and, the best. I can put that song on and go to sleep. And it's a great time. That opens the album, right? Yes. Yeah. And it, it, that's such a great opener. And then I think it cuts to the National Anthem. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, I, I remember seeing them perform either the national anthem or Idiotech on SNL. I think they did both. And that's why I made the joke about there being switchboard sounds because at like at one point, Johnny Greenwood is just like sitting in front of a switchboard, pulling shit out and putting it. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And you're trying to connect a call in 1930? <laughs> and it was so. Like for them to take that much of a risk that early in their career and have it pay off to the degree it did, and it's still a really divisive move. It took them like I don't know if they have ever really gone back to the sound they had before this album. Right? They've just they're kind, kind of, of a grunge band. Well, I mean, their first kinda. album they were kind of a Nirvana ripoff. Yeah, like a ni- grungy, they were like a nineties grunge band. 90s, yeah. yeah. And, and then OK Computer got a little... I mean, I feel like this was the natural... I thought this OK was, Computer is my favorite That's Radio my favorite album. album. But yeah. I feel like this was the natural progression of getting to a more electronic, yeah. more digitalized sound. And it's, it's another one of those albums that you don't realize it, but it really kind of set the tone for what music would be over the next decade. Because how many other bands got into like incorporating electronic sounds and noises into their music after that. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, a, a lot of people credit Talking Heads for, for St. Vincent, but I think she's as influenced 
by Radiohead, yeah. as you could say she's influenced by David Byrne. I think the obvious connection is there because she's toured with David Byrne. She's done an right. album with David Byrne. But I, I also look at that album, and to me, uh, uh, OK Computer, I, I think that spawned, it in some way has influenced every piece of music that's come out in the last 20 years yeah. in the rock genre. Yeah. Um, but I, I like I liked my fa- some of my favorite songs are on Kid A. Uh, like I said, everything in its right place to me is like such a such a theatrical sounding song. Yeah, it's just got this this vibe of it's got that fucking keyboard riff yeah. at the bit that doo doo doo. It's like when that yeah when you hear that it's like oh. and to lead an album off with something like that is such a ballsy yeah. choice. Oh yeah, because yeah. oh, yeah. like most record executives are like, no, nah, you got to come out like pop 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 pop. Yeah, and they were just like, fuck you, we're gonna put him to sleep with the very first song. Yeah, we're gonna lull you into yeah. this place. We're gonna play the song that by all rights should be last. Should be the Acor- final song according to any yeah. conventional wisdom. And yeah. it was what I really liked about it also is the 90s were so guitar oriented and mm-hmm. so guitar driven and for them to you know just kind of take that chance and have it work it was just so fucking like i don't know it 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 felt like a really almost revolutionary thing for them to do and it could have ended their fucking career yeah somebody and said it, uh, i'm sorry no no go on Somebody said the patch switchboard thing is an old type of synth. Yeah, I think it's a Moog synthesizer, right? Is yeah. what you're talking about? The Moog? Is it I don't know. I think this, this is probably an older one. Who knows? But but, uh, but yeah, it's an old, it's an analog synth. Yeah. That uh, is what that was. But uh, yeah, Radiohead, Kid A. Fucking loved it. So now we have to start cutting some shit. Well, I think we can all agree that's not getting cut. I. It would be a bold choice. We could cut it. All right. Tom, what are you going to cut first? I have to cut one of mine. No, no you, you can cut, cut anybody's. Anybody's. People don't usually cut their own. I actually have always cut my own um, <laughs> to avoid conflict. No, this is hard. You guys are going to make me do this. It's supposed to be hard. Listen, we can save ourselves a lot of time. And just cut both of the Bright Eyes albums now. <laughs> <laughs> Zoinks! I'm going to cut. It's not a moog. Okay. Oh, um, right. I'll cut. Shit. I'll cut head pe. Head pe. Get it out of here. Yeah, I mean, that, that might have thrown been... the gauntlet down, I realize. He's <laughs> just going to cut all of my picks. But see, this is, but this is, no, but this is one of the things where you really can't, like, I could just cut what I don't know, too. It's it's very hard yeah. because we we did go sort of obscure with our picks to where that's true that like, kind of wasn't fair. I should have cut. One no, 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 no. I'm saying, but I'm saying that like it's there's not really a place where you can you can argue it because like I could cut it just because I don't know it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right, but that that you, now that you pointed out, it feels like shitty. Like, well, I shouldn't no. cut it because I don't know. No, it. no, like, it, no. But that's logical. It's logical to be like if we're talking about the best. Yeah, you can't go with something that only one person has heard. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Not, I, mean, I don't mean in general. I mean at the at, in the group yeah. in this, but also just one person ever. Josh, what are you cutting? I'll just cut cursive because I don't know that. Sure, I've never heard. I don't know that bit, but I'm gonna go listen to it because it sounds like I like it. It is a really good album. I am going to cut. Here goes. Say anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut dredge just because I don't think anyone's. I mean that's obscure too. Vote but for but it. listen to me. I will check them go out. Go listen. Go seriously today. Listen to that. If you like the things that are on this list, you got to go listen to that album. Nice. Uh, Tom, cut one more. Mm. Oh wait, I gotta cut. What am I waiting for? You, oh, you have to cut another one. Oh, oh yeah, we're just um, to cut Adam's bright eyes pick. <laughs> that's that's that, that'd be ruthless. You can't have two bright eyes albums in the top ten. That's right? true. 
That's true. I will... And then he'll just cut yours, and then we'll be good. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be fine. I'll go ahead. You know, I'm going to cut my own. I'll cut Birthday Massacre. Nobody knows that. Ah, that would have be, been my cut. It'll, it'll be my favorite album <laughs> of uh, the 2000s. That's, that's another one, though, where I'm just like, go listen to that, man. Blo- you will have your yeah. mind blown. You'll be like, oh, shit, I didn't know. You know what I thought was cool is I didn't know that industrial hardcore metal could actually have great singing. And that was one of the things that I, I loved about that band. Yeah, it's great. I will check it out, Josh. What are you cutting next? Um, again, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just cut something I haven't heard. So I'll just cut the Say Anything album. All right. Not to not sound like I'm targeting Tom. You're cutting <laughs> me deep, though. I'm not trying to. Um, I cut two Tom picks, but only because your taste is obscure and I don't know it. You know what? <laughs> For the first time ever, I'm going to cut one of my own and cut Ghostface Killer Fish Scale. Even though it's a significantly better album than Genesis, yeah. But I'll take the high road this time. Well, you, you're just, go, but you also got to think about like who's heard which one have they heard more? Yeah, which it, which is just obviously also you admitting that my rap pick was better than yours. And I no, get that. no, no, definitely not. <laughs> Three, six. Oh wait, did I not? You didn't cut. Say anything is a real. Oh, one. there it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now we those are our cuts, and then we let the them save. Who is doing? Oh, is Ann Bankson saving fish scale? Yeah. Oh, nice. I like that. It's a great fucking album. So, fish scale by Ghostface Killer gets the save. And now the convenient, isn't it? Convenient. It is. It's very convenient. That- okay, so the two people you named at the beginning are the two people who get to save. Yeah. Well, okay. one we we pick an alternate because one time we did that, and the person who was supposed to do the save just disappeared. Oh, sure. While we were recording, I understand. So the poll is going to be up right now. I will put a link in the comments. The poll is on Patreon this time. If you go, because we're doing this as a... uh, Like a free live. Yeah, free episode. Normally only subscribers get to check out the live stream. But uh, if you go to patreon.com slash unpops, best album of the 2000s poll is the first post on the page. I will also put a link... Right here in the comments, that's the poll. Go check it out. We'll leave it up. How long should we leave it up? Three minutes? Yeah. Let's do three minutes. So while we're waiting for people to vote, and you can also go in and vote. I think this time we can only vote for one when you do it on Patreon, Patreon. though. So download results. I don't want to have to do that. I will, though. I'm going to vote for Kid A. Oh, there. Oh, you can see the results. See that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. already see it. Wow, elephant dominating. Yeah, elephants Damn, killing. A lot it. of people are voting. So we're gonna keep that poll going. That was for... in the first thirty seconds, by the way. There was yeah, like yeah. sixty Jeez. votes. Yeah, Thirty-one votes already. Oh, okay. I doubled. That. Oh, geez, yeah. Thirty-eight. God damn. People are getting it's, after it. Yeah. So we're gonna leave that. Oh, up it's for... a, it's neck and neck. Actually, was that Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah. Ahead? Yeah. <laughs> what? Blink One Eighty Two is up. Wow. No. Neck and neck with Kid A. That's that. First of all. The, the listenership should have to kill themselves that's for that even yeah. close. Yeah, that's that's not cool at all. <sighs> Fuck you both. But Tom, Tom's like, I actually think it's as good as Radiohead, right? I bet you do. I bet you do. Oh, you can vote I, for more than one, I guess. You gotta okay. I think. So what? what's some stuff that almost made your lists but didn't? Uh, I can go back to the one I bumped, uh, the, or the two I bumped, was the Maroon 5 songs about jane yeah which was like annoying mall music but goddamn, was there a lot of good songs on that album i don't hate maroon five but that first single from that album 
just sounded like something that would play over the uh, credits of a movie about like a teenage Jennifer Ant hackers no, Jennifer- who skateboard. Oh, really? It, it played over a, a shitty Britney Murphy movie. Th- there you go. Yeah, it it sounded exactly. You could like have just said a Britney Murphy movie. Ugh. He said goodbye. I, uh, oh, is that the song? No, I was thinking I of that. It's getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's yeah, right. that's the that's the that's hammer, 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 hammer. Yeah, that's, <laughs> those I, are the actual the way, lyrics. There's never been a better, more spot on impression <laughs> of that song than what just took place. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah people in the comments mentioned American Idiot. That almost made that almost my list. Made, yeah, because yeah. talk about a great fucking comeback album. Yeah, no shit. That was pretty goddamn monumental. Because I couldn't have given a shit about Green Day they, by the time that came yeah, out. Yeah, they had spent the last seven years. And I so heard that album garbage. and I was like, I'm so proud of Green Day right now. What, really was, good, what yeah. was the album before that? Was it Insomnia? Warning. The warning. Oh, well, that was atrocious. That was a real The song one. Warning is really great. Yes, but the album. Bleh. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind uh was it was insom- uh, was Insomniac? Was Insomniac that? was a good one. Yeah. That's a good album. That was yeah. right that was right after Dookie. So that was, was like from 96. that was like their follow up from the success of Dookie, but yeah. goddamn was Dookie such Dookie's a good, good album. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh American Idiot, that's one that I almost put on the list. I do like Hail to the Thief by Radiohead a lot also. Yeah. But that but it wasn't. A, but it was like a kid is the choice because it was such a departure from the expectation. Yeah, yeah. And hail to the thief was just more a continuation of that. And I didn't like the second album after it. Was it Insomnia or what? Amnesiac. Oh yeah. I didn't give a shit about Amnesiac for some yeah, reason. I, didn't. I thought that was a trash. And I'm album. not somebody that's all in on like on Radiohead. I like th- there are albums of theirs like that I just don't listen to. But when you again when you take the greatest hits, which I also think is one of the greatest greatest hits, which would be a good list cast. What are the greatest? If you take all these greatest hits from different artists, who has the greatest greatest hits? Um, but I think theirs is like the absolute best curation of yeah. their music. I didn't even know they have greatest hits. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and and they did a three uh three record release of it on vinyl. It's like very very hard to find. Nice. It's like 150 bucks if you can find a copy of it. All right. The poll has been up for 4 minutes, so let's refresh and see who our winners are. Oh, they're all so close. I'm going to have to No, they're not. <laughs> I'm going to have to download these results and open them. White stripes I think took it. Yeah, it looks like White Stripes. Oh, I'm never doing a poll on Patreon again. Oh, what the fuck? What is this? Look at this nonsense. I don't need that. Okay, we're just going to eyeball it. What looks oh, like no, it the won? the download results shows you who voted for what, in case you want to discriminate against oh, your listenership. Yeah, I probably will do that at some point. So White Stripes won. It looks like, coming in at number one, the White Stripes elephant. Blink-182 and Radiohead, t- number two and three? Looks like those are those are side by side. But you know what, though, uh, Adam, I think it makes sense because, like, I think younger people, Blink One Eighty Two was more influential. I think people our age or older, Kid A was more influential. It looks like the Deftones are probably number four. (laughs) Oh wow, that's good. And I can't, I, I, I can't tell if Bright Eyes or Ghostface Killer won number five. Bright Eyes, Ghostface, and Linkin Park. Yeah, are all at seven. Yeah. Tie for tie for fifth. Also, but, though, Deftones being number four is a surprise and also correct. People were people were calling for that album. Yeah, it was like yeah yeah. I saw somebody call for it before we got in. Yeah, somebody mentioned yeah. Muse. Yeah, def- I almost put Absolution. 
yeah. on my list. Really what do you like think of the new Muse? Oh, man. someone said no Black Parade. No, sorry. sorry, I'm not that fucking sad. I thought of I thought about Black Parade, <sighs> but I think I could just do top ten wrist cutting albums. Of <laughs> yeah, all time. Exactly. I think I, yeah. There's some songs in that are actually pretty hard to listen to now that I'm older. Where it's like, oh Jesus, like that that song that's literally called Cancer. Yeah, on, on the Black Parade, it's like, oh my God, really upbeat stuff. I, I think I actually like Danger Days better, but it came out in 2010. Oh yeah, so I can't put that on there. I almost put. I, I thought about Thrice, <laughs> that band Thrice. <laughs> oh yeah, the artist in the ambulance. I really wow. really like that album. So it looks like the White Stripes win. So I don't have to part with any of my thumbs up trophies. Someone sent us a bunch of trophies for list cast, and they're just gold thumbs up. Mm. But I get to keep it this week. Uh, that seems fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what do we have to plug before we get out of here? This is going up next week. I'll be at Speakeasy Cocktail in Santa Monica, January 22nd, telling jokes. Come out to that. And a live podcast at the Hollywood Hotel last Saturday of every month. And The Darkest Hour with me and Josh Denny. Depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it right now, we have a show Friday, this Friday. That's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow or otherwise, second Friday of every month, Westside oh, cool. Comedy Theater, 11.30 p.m. Good it's, it's, it's a great show. Such a fun show. We got some really good lineups coming up, too. Yeah. We'll have Sam Tripoli in February. And, nice. Uh, yeah, we got some really good ones. Uh, Josh, what do you got to plug? That's it. You did it. Oh, <laughs> you, you did. You did. My job for me. Tom, you have a Patreon coming up soon. Yeah, right? so just follow me on Twitter at Start yeah. the Machine, um, and that'll... I'll I'll be tweeting about there that there um, and I tweet guess, about that there yeah yeah very nice I'm getting ready to launch a new podcast I guess I could probably plug that look for that in uh, mid February nice and also uh, check out Misfortune a financial crimes podcast that we just launched on the Unpops Network with me and Danger Van Gorder talking about white collar crime uh all right I think that's it let's get the fuck out of here Tom say goodbye goodbye Josh say goodbye bye guys. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.